It was January 8, 2009. The day started as it always did for Brooke. Her mother woke her up with a soft kiss and said, Good morning, sunshine, before lifting Brooke out of her crib. Then she ate her favorite breakfast of scrambled eggs and headed off to school. Brooke's favorite part of the day was always story time. Her eyes lit up at the mention of princesses, castles, and faraway adventures. But she was still having trouble learning her colors and the alphabet. Still, Brooke never stopped smiling, especially not today, her birthday. When Brooke got home, her three sisters helped her get ready for the party. They shuffled through her dresser searching for the perfect dress, one with tiny daisies that could have easily fit a doll. As they finished, their mother called from the kitchen. The girls came racing down the stairs, carrying 15-pound Brooke in their arms. Her sisters buckled her into her high chair while their mother grabbed a chocolate cake from the fridge. Then the whole family sang happy birthday as Brooke clapped along. When it was time, Brooke's sisters told her to make a wish and blow out her candles. Today, she was turning 16 years old. When our bodies fail, we trust doctors to diagnose the problem. But medicine isn't always an exact science. Sometimes it's a guessing game with life or death stakes. This is Medical Mysteries, a podcast original. I'm Molly. And I'm Richard. Every Tuesday, we'll look at the strangest real-life medical cases in history and the experts who raced against the clock to solve them. As we follow these high-intensity stories, we'll explore medical research that might solve the puzzle. You can find episodes of Medical Mysteries and all other ParCast Originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Medical Mysteries for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Medical Mysteries in the search bar. This is our one-part episode about Brooke Greenberg, the girl who didn't age. Brooke was one of the few people in the world who suffered from neotenic complex syndrome, formerly known as Syndrome X. This extremely rare genetic disorder causes a severe developmental delay that has kept patients looking and behaving like toddlers as they continue to age. It also leads to life-threatening deformities, making it difficult to breathe and eat. This week, we'll uncover Brooke's journey and the search for others like her. We'll also learn how this one syndrome could hold the key to slowing everyone's aging process. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. For thousands of years, humans have searched for the key to eternal youth. Ancient alchemists conjured elixirs of mercury and lead, believing it would lead to eternal life. Most of the time, it did just the opposite. Centuries later, people turned to safer remedies. Botox to smooth out wrinkles, acai berries to fend off toxins, 
But doctors still hadn't discovered how to keep humans from aging until they met a young girl named Brooke Greenberg. In the early 1990s, Melanie and Howard Greenberg's life looked just like any other American families. The couple lived in a quiet neighborhood in the suburbs of Baltimore, Maryland. Howard had a secure job as a salesman, and the couple was busy raising two healthy daughters, Emily and Caitlin. When the Greenbergs became pregnant a third time in 1992, they figured everything would go smoothly, but they were in for a huge surprise. After her first trimester, Melanie knew something was off. Early in the second trimester, healthy babies are meant to grow about one to two ounces per week. But Melanie's baby was growing much less consistently, and her weight was not what it should have been. As the issue continued into Melanie's third trimester, doctors warned the expectant mother that her baby's low weight could lead to a host of problems. If their lungs didn't fully develop, they could have issues breathing outside the womb, and the infant's immune system would be weakened, making it harder to fight off infections like pneumonia. This frustrated Melanie, who was doing everything in her power to make her baby healthy. She had a healthy lifestyle and a nutritious diet. Still, her baby was barely growing. Ultrasound technology was less advanced in 1993, so doctors could only speculate about what was wrong. Melanie's obstetrician believed her baby might not be receiving enough nutrients through her umbilical cord, and she warned Melanie that the infant might not live to see her due date. So Melanie opted for an early C-section at around 36 weeks, about three weeks before the full term. By 36 weeks, an average baby weighs around five and a half pounds. They're about the size of a head of lettuce. But when Brooke was born, she only weighed four pounds, and according to her doctors, had other unique features. She was born on January 8, 1993, and she came out of the womb with an extreme hip dislocation, which required immediate attention. In fact, it was so severe that one of Brooke's legs was bent upward toward her head. It looked as though she'd been folded in half. Hip dislocation, or dysplasia, occurs in one out of 1,000 births. It happens when the hip joint forms improperly and the ball in the socket of the joint is still loose. This allows the leg to dislocate easily, leading to problems like Brooks. Brooks soon underwent surgery and was kept in the neonatal intensive care unit to recover. But even with the operation, doctors warned that she could have a hard time walking. The first five weeks of Brooks' life were spent in the hospital. There, doctors discovered a few other things about Brooke, like the unusual shape of her ears and her wide-set eyes. Facial abnormalities like these can be signs of a genetic disorder, diseases that are caused by a mutation in someone's DNA. DNA works like a tiny blueprint for constructing each person. It contains the information that helps everyone grow, reproduce, and survive. But it isn't infallible. There are various mechanisms through which a person's DNA can acquire mutations, which potentially lead to health problems. Sometimes a DNA mutation will get passed down from parents to children. 
In other instances, the mutation can occur as the result of environmental factors, such as the sun's ultraviolet rays. In Brooks' case, doctors began looking into some common genetic disorders like Down syndrome or Noonan syndrome. Down syndrome is the result of a baby having an extra chromosome. Whereas a normal human cell typically contains 23 pairs of chromosomes, which serve as the packaging for an individual's DNA, someone with Down syndrome has an extra chromosome 21, giving them 47 total instead of the appropriate 46. This can cause facial abnormalities like Brooks, as well as speech and developmental delays down the road. Noonan syndrome is less well-known than Down syndrome, but it occurs in about one out of every 2,000 births. Infants can grow up to live relatively normal lives, yet they often experience problems with heart disease. And like Brooke, their rate of growth is much slower than normal. At first, doctors suspected that Brooke might have either Down syndrome or Noonan syndrome, so they tested her for both. But both tests came back negative. In fact, Brooke's DNA showed no signs of genetic mutation at all. Her doctors were completely dumbfounded. By the time the five weeks were over, Brooke was showing some positive signs. She had recovered well from her surgery and could drink from a bottle. With no other immediate leads to investigate, the doctors agreed to let Brooke's parents take her home. But her health didn't remain stable for long. Brooke's lack of development also extended to her weak immune system, making her prone to infection. And as she passed four months old, she experienced frequent respiratory issues. Altogether, this was worrisome for the Greenbergs, but they were even more disconcerted when their tiny daughter began having seizures. Certain types of seizures occur in roughly 2 to 5% of children. Adult seizures are usually triggered by a surge of electrical activity in a person's brain. And in children, they can be caused by something as simple as a fever, infection, or head injury. But they can also be indicative of something more serious, like brain tumors or epilepsy. Typically, someone experiences a seizure for under two minutes. But at four years old, Brooke experienced a seizure that lasted 45 minutes. Most doctors had never seen anything like it. They put Brooke through an MRI machine to see if something like a tumor or epilepsy could be detected. But there were no signs of either. Ultimately, the doctors concluded that Brooke's brain was still underdeveloped, and this may have contributed to the episode. Miraculously, the extended seizure didn't cause any brain damage. At the same time, Brooke was having trouble keeping her meals down. In a dangerous development, food was going into her lungs rather than her stomach. Already, this put Brooke at risk for pneumonia, an infection that can be triggered by food or fluid in the lungs. But the most troubling part was that without being able to consume food safely, Brooke was even less capable of getting the nutrients she needed. As a result, Brooke received a feeding tube so that nutrients could be ingested directly into her stomach. To the Greenbergs, it felt like their daughter was facing a new medical problem every day. They went from doctor to doctor looking for answers that no one could provide. 
the frequency and severity of Brooks' symptoms still seemed to indicate a genetic issue, but repeated testing showed no abnormalities. And while Brooks' parents knew her size had something to do with the underlying problem, no one could say what it was. Meanwhile, things were only getting worse. Shortly after Brooks' seizure, she suffered from a stroke. Strokes are rare in children, affecting only 12 out of 100,000 kids under 18. Like seizures, they're the result of abnormal brain activity. But whereas a seizure is caused by a quick surge of electricity, a stroke is a result of interrupted blood flow to the brain. It can even lead to permanent brain damage. As she did following the seizure, Brooke recovered from her stroke without any long-term problems. It appeared no matter what her mysterious condition threw at her, she always came out the other side. The doctors were astounded. Each of these medical events would have been difficult for the average person to recover from, much less someone as frail as Brooke. But the most mysterious of Brooke's ailments happened later that year before Brooke turned five. One morning, the Greenbergs noticed that she had fallen into a lethargic state a coma-like slumber that they couldn't wake her from. Brooks' parents rushed her to the hospital. An MRI showed a giant tumor on her brain. Because of its size and position, doctors declared it inoperable. They told Brooks' family that she had only 48 hours left to live. The news was devastating. Still, the Greenbergs felt some solace, knowing that Brooke wasn't in pain. The whole family prepared their goodbyes, and they even bought a tiny casket. But the 48 hours came and went. Brooke remained in her sleep-like state for 14 days. The whole time, her family clung onto every breath, wondering if it would be her last. On the final day, Brooke woke up her usual smiling self. The Greenbergs were overcome with joy, and once again, Brooke's doctors were gobsmacked. Especially when Brooke underwent another MRI. By all appearances, the mass in her brain had just disappeared. It was the definition of a miracle. Brooke's doctors pored over her past scans, wondering if they'd misread something. But there it was in black and white. Brooke's now missing brain mass. Medical professionals struggled to find the words to describe it. But the puzzle didn't end there. Immediately after Brooke's coma, her grueling series of medical emergencies ended. Her health became relatively manageable. Melanie and Howard were grateful, but they were disappointed when doctors told them there was nothing else they could do for Brooke. After everything she'd been through, her condition was still a mystery. And the Greenbergs were determined to solve it. Up next, a doctor takes on Brooks' mysterious case. Hi, listeners, it's Richard. If you enjoy the cases covered in Medical Mysteries, Harcast has a brand new series you're sure to enjoy. It's called Medical Murders, and it exposes the dark, disturbing, and deadly side of medicine. Every Wednesday, meet the worst the medical community has to offer. Men and women who took an oath to save lives, but instead used their expertise to develop more sinister specialties. 
Hosted by the extremely talented Alastair Murden, Medical Murders examines the formative years and motives of history's most infamous killers, dissecting their medical backgrounds with expert analysis and professional insight provided by practicing MD, Dr. David Kipper. You'll investigate a wide range of heinous healthcare workers, like the general practitioner believed to be the most prolific serial killer in modern history, or the dentist who led a double life as a hitman, or even the doctor and gang member who mixed deadly potions for unhappy housewives to use on their husbands. When it comes to these true crime stories, the only thing the doctor ordered is murder. Follow Medical Murders free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. By the end of 1997, four-year-old Brooke Greenberg had been hospitalized dozens of times. She'd suffered from ulcers, seizures, respiratory issues, and a laundry list of other health problems. But the most shocking anomaly was an apparent brain mass that completely disappeared, leaving Brooke's health relatively stable. But she still wasn't growing past the size of an infant. What's more, doctors couldn't identify Brooke's condition, only its symptoms. Physically and developmentally, it appeared she would remain a baby forever, and that no one would ever have the answers why. At five years old, Brooke was around 13 pounds and still unable to speak. But with her stable health, she was finally able to attend school. Using a customized rolling walker, Brooke got her first taste of independence. Meanwhile, her parents, Howard and Melanie Greenberg, continued searching for answers. At the very least, they hoped to keep Brooke strong and healthy. A nutritionist gave her high-calorie supplements to increase her weight. But after weeks of taking them, nothing had changed. Next was a trip to an endocrinologist, a doctor who specializes in hormonal systems. Normally, the anterior portion of the pituitary gland, which is located at the base of the brain, releases the growth hormone called somatotropin. This acts like a messenger, traveling to the liver where it triggers the release of a second hormone called the insulin-like growth factor, or IGF. Together, somatotropin and IGF tell the body's organs, bones, and tissues that it's time to grow. When the pituitary gland doesn't work properly, as the case seemed to be with Brooke, growth is inhibited. So Brooke's endocrinologist gave her injections of somatotropin to try and make up for any potential issues in her endocrine system. But even that didn't work. Next, Brooke was tested for a rare genetic disorder called Werner syndrome. This is caused by a mutated gene that helps with DNA repair and protein construction. 
individuals with Werner's syndrome age differently than Brooke. They may present with delayed growth during puberty, but by their 20s and 30s, their internal clock seems to speed up, causing things like gray hair, wrinkles, clogged arteries, diabetes, and osteoporosis at a very young age. Still, Brooke's doctors felt it was worth a shot. Perhaps she had a rare form of the disease. But Brooke tested negative for Werner syndrome, and no other genetic abnormalities like it were showing up on her tests. It seemed like Brooke was the only person in the world with this rare condition. And as time went on, her pediatrician, Dr. Lawrence Pakula, dubbed her condition Syndrome X. Through it all, Brooke's father, Howard, remained hopeful. He believed that if they could find the cause of Syndrome X, then Brooke's suffering wouldn't be in vain. Perhaps her unique condition could have a larger impact on the world. Howard even remarked to journalists, what if Brooke holds the secret to aging? We'd like to find out. We'd like to help people. As Brooke grew older, media outlets all over the world began taking an interest in her case. This led to a major breakthrough in 2005, when the TV show Dateline filmed a segment about Brooke. When the episode aired, Mrs. Walker of Tampa, Florida, called her husband into the living room. She knew he would find this kind of thing intriguing. Dr. Richard Walker was an endocrinologist at the University of South Florida College of Medicine. He'd entered his profession partly because he felt scarred by the memory of his own grandparents' physical and psychological deterioration. He hoped to spare other people their end-of-life suffering. Walker was especially interested in uncovering the mechanisms behind aging. He wanted to know what led us to conditions like arthritis or Alzheimer's disease. If Walker could pinpoint this mechanism, then maybe he could slow down aging for everyone. At the very least, he hoped to prevent or alleviate the worst symptoms of old age. When Walker saw Brooke's case, he immediately contacted the Greenbergs to ask if he could study their daughter. He believed Brooke's DNA might hold answers to the prevention or mitigation of the aging process. By the time he met Brooke in 2005, she was 12 years old. She measured 27 inches tall and only 13 pounds, about the size of a one-year-old child. But the rest of her body was even more out of sync. Brooke's teeth resembled that of an eight-year-old, and her bones looked like they belonged to a 10-year-old. Her hair and nails were growing normally, and she had lost all of her baby fat. Still, she was nowhere close to puberty. As if this wasn't strange enough, Brooke's mental age was equivalent to that of an eight-month-old. She could barely walk, talk, or feed herself, and she primarily communicated through laughing, crying, and flapping her hands. Dr. Walker was informed that past dietary and hormonal treatments hadn't helped, and that all known genetic disorders had been ruled out. But that didn't mean Brooke's problem wasn't genetic. Maybe previous tests had missed something. We can all recognize the external manifestations of age, gray hair, wrinkles, the loss of hearing and sight. But what actually causes these things to happen? The answer lies within our dividing cells. As we mentioned earlier, DNA works by replicating itself but it's also involved in the process that helps living organisms repair their cells. 
Our cells divide when we need to replace old, dead, or damaged ones. Remarkably, the human body contains an estimated 30 to 40 trillion cells. This number needs to be maintained in a healthy adult, meaning large numbers of new cells are created every day. However, as time goes on and a person ages, more mistakes are made during the replication process and the typical repair mechanisms have lost some of their effectiveness. Think of it like a photocopy machine, one that's slowly running out of ink as it churns out each page. This is why our bodies form wrinkles as we get older. At first, Dr. Walker wanted to know exactly why our cells deteriorate. But when he met Brooke, he had a more immediate concern. He wanted to know what was keeping Brooke's cells from changing in external ways, yet was making her cells break down on the inside. Walker consulted with his colleague, Dr. Maxine Sutcliffe, a geneticist at John Hopkins All Children's Hospital in Florida. Dr. Sutcliffe decided the best way to approach this question was by examining the length of Brooke's telomeres. These are the small caps on the end of our chromosomes. Think of them like little plastic caps on the end of a shoelace. They protect the DNA from damage. Telomeres also happen to be a useful tool in estimating age because they shorten the older we get. Kind of like how the plastic cap wears at the end of a shoelace, causing small fibers to break through. Aside from old age, short telomeres can be seen in people with cognitive and degenerative diseases, such as Alzheimer's disease or cancer, meaning they could possibly act as telltale signs of early death. When Dr. Sutcliffe examined Brooke, she found that her telomeres were a lot shorter than those of healthy teenage girls. This indicated that Brooke's cells were aging more quickly. Right away, this seemed counterintuitive. Why were Brooke's telomeres looking so old when Brooke still looked like a toddler? That question led Walker and Sutcliffe to another shocking realization. Brooke's body wasn't growing as a whole unit. Instead, it was behaving like a bunch of randomized pieces. Walker dubbed this phenomenon developmental disorganization. He used the example of feeding to explain this more clearly. Walker explained that an average person uses their jaw muscles to open and close the mouth in order to break down their food. They also use their tongue to move food around their mouth and guide it towards the throat. It's two systems working together at once to accomplish the same goal. In Brooke's case, her systems weren't working in coordination with each other which may have led to many of the ailments she'd experienced after birth. Dr. Walker didn't think that this was happening by some fluke of nature. He believed it stemmed from some sort of never-before-seen genetic mutation, one that science and technology hadn't discovered yet. But first, he needed to know which one of the three billion DNA base pairs in Brooke's genome was the culprit, and whether or not he could fix it. Coming up, other patients with Syndrome X come forward. And now, back to the story. Endocrinologist Dr. Richard Walker had always been interested in solving the problem of aging. It was why he took a particularly strong interest in Brooke Greenberg. 
By 2005, 12-year-old Brooke was roughly the size of a one-year-old with the mental capacity of an eight-month-old. But genetically, she appeared to be aging much faster than the average preteen, despite the fact that she hadn't hit puberty. As far as Walker could tell, Brooke was the only one in the world with this unique condition. This meant he had no other cases to compare her to, and if he was going to get to the bottom of it, he realized he would have to sequence Brooke's entire genome. In other words, he would need to read and analyze all three billion letters of Brooke's genetic code, a process that sounds grueling, but currently takes about two days and $5,000 to have done. Unfortunately, Walker never got the chance to make this happen. In 2009, when Brooke was 16, her family abruptly broke ties with Dr. Walker. No one ever offered a concrete explanation as to why. In any case, Walker was forced to come to terms with the idea that he might never know the real cause of Brooke's disorder. He would also never know if her DNA held answers to slowing down the aging process. And experiencing the effects of aging himself, Walker was running out of time. Then, something unexpected happened. In 2009, a documentary about Brooke aired on TLC. Millions of viewers were fascinated by Brooke's story, and some could relate to it entirely. Like the Greenbergs, there were other families out there looking for answers. Many of them got in touch with Dr. Walker after finding out he had once cared for Brooke. His search for eternal youth was back on track. Mary Margaret Williams of Billings, Montana, contacted Dr. Walker about her five-year-old daughter, Gabby. Gabby had stopped growing when she was three, so her experience wasn't exactly like Brooke's, but similar to Brooke, she'd suffered from a series of severe and disconnected illnesses. Gabby had trouble swallowing, respiratory infections, and she too had a feeding tube. Most importantly, she wasn't growing any bigger. Dr. Walker was convinced he'd found another case like Brooke's. After all, their symptoms lined up perfectly. So he arranged to test the DNA of the entire Williams family, hoping to pick up his research right where it had left off. While Walker's initial findings identified several mutations in Gabby's DNA, there weren't any that clearly explained her condition. Despite these results, he remained hopeful that she and Brooke were similar after all. Dr. Walker believed that Gabby was another patient with Syndrome X. Then in 2013, Walker and his team learned to utilize a new technique that could help his research. It was called the epigenetic clock. The epigenetic clock was a biological test that measured cellular age by examining DNA methylation levels. DNA methylation is a process where methyl groups, which are composed of one carbon and three hydrogen atoms, attach to strands of DNA. These compounds act like signals on the DNA strands, turning someone's genetic activity on and off. For this reason, DNA methylation is sometimes referred to as a cellular switch, and overall, it helps the body's systems run smoothly. For example, it can turn on genetic activity to guide fetal development, making sure organs and systems develop at the right pace and sequence. Or it can turn off other harmful genetic activity that might be dangerous for the baby. 
Like most things, DNA methylation can be triggered by external factors. Radiation, for example, has been shown to trigger DNA methylation, which can be used to determine appropriate treatment options for cancer. But methylation, or the lack thereof, can also lead to negative effects. Someone who has spent a lot of time in the sun might have skin cells in which less DNA methylation occurs. Due to the external stimulus of sun exposure, their skin may become more susceptible to damage and show increased signs of aging. In Dr. Walker's research, the epigenetic clock helped him figure out whether different parts of Gabby's body were aging independently. Specifically, he compared the epigenetic age of Gabby's blood tissue to her chronological age. His team determined that her and Brooke's disorder did not cause these ages to differ in a significant way. Therefore, their aging process was likely not arrested in all tissues. In January of 2011, TLC released a documentary about Gabby Williams. This renewed public interest in Syndrome X eventually caused three more families to approach Dr. Walker. Like Gabby, all three girls had stopped growing around the age of three or four. Layla Qualls of Oklahoma was three, but she looked like she was only 10 months old. Alyssa Pennington of New Mexico was 12, but she had the appearance of a five-year-old. And 22-year-old Jennifer Sandoval of Colorado looked like she was only four. Each of their families consulted with Dr. Walker and his colleague, Dr. Rado Dramanitz, and in 2015, they all agreed to participate in a new genetic study. This state-of-the-art program would sequence the girls and their families' genomes to search for the exact damaged gene and to find out if it had been inherited. At 3 billion DNA base pairs per individual's genome, it was a monumental task. Even Dr. Walker said, this search is comparable to finding one spelling mistake in a whole library full of books. But the study went smoothly. Blood samples for each person were sent to Complete Genomics, a leading medical tech company in San Jose, California. The professionals analyzed gene after gene, comparing them with never-before-seen precision. Four weeks later, Dr. Walker and Dr. Dramanitz finally got some answers. They found that all three girls had the same five damaged genes. Walker and Dramanitz also discovered that this specific mutation kept the body from properly synthesizing specific proteins. Proteins are the building blocks of life. They do most of the work in the cells to help us function and grow. They also regulate all of our body tissue and organs. So without proteins, growth is impossible. In the case of Layla, Alyssa, and Jennifer, this malfunction prevented their bodies from developing. It was also the root cause of their health issues. Their organs simply couldn't synthesize the proteins they needed to function and survive. Interestingly, these genetic errors weren't found in the girls' parents. This meant that they were de novo, or first-time, mutations. It proved that the disorder wasn't passed down by parents. Rather, it was something that mutated inside of the patient's body. Dr. Walker and Dr. Germanitz were thrilled with their discovery, and they gave Syndrome X a new and more accurate name. Neotenic Complex Syndrome. 
Neotenic described the childlike condition present in the girls. Complex refers to the subsequent clinical problems resulting from their syndrome, things like digestive, respiratory, and cognitive issues. It also didn't escape the doctors that each of their three patients were female, as were Brooke and Gabby. But whether or not this syndrome is exclusive to women remains to be seen. For Brooke, the diagnosis came too late. Brooke Greenberg died in 2013, two years prior to its discovery. She was 20 years old and weighed only 17 pounds. Her cause of death was bronchomalacia. This was caused by weak cartilage in the bronchial tubes, which ultimately made it too difficult for her to breathe. She never lived to get the genetic testing that would prove whether or not she had neotenic complex syndrome. But doctors are as certain as they can be that she, Layla, Alyssa, and Jennifer all possessed this same mutation. Whether or not Gabby had this condition remains unknown, but given her similarities to the other three test subjects mentioned, it would seem likely. Brooke Greenberg's story made it possible for other families to find each other, and for Walker and Dramanitz to discover a new syndrome. Meanwhile, geneticists are hoping to solve the mysteries of this strange disease. Dr. Walker thinks that further advancements in technology could lead to earlier diagnoses, as well as new treatments and medications. And now that doctors understand DNA methylation, we could be one step closer to finding an answer to things like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. When it comes to this one mysterious syndrome, the fountain of youth might not be so mythical after all. Thanks for listening to Medical Mysteries. For more information on Brooke Greenberg's life, amongst the many sources we used, we found the documentaries Child Frozen in Time and Girls Who Don't Age extremely helpful to our research. You can find all episodes of Medical Mysteries and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals, like Medical Mysteries, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Medical Mysteries on Spotify, just open the app and type Medical Mysteries in the search bar. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. We'll see you next time. Medical Mysteries was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound design by Nick Johnson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Medical Mysteries was written by Karen Shook, with writing assistance by Ali Wicker, and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. Killer Nurses, Deranged Doctors, mad scientists. This series has it all. Don't forget to check out the new ParCast original, Medical Murders. Every Wednesday, meet the worst the medical community has to offer. Men and women who took an oath to save lives, but instead use their expertise to develop more sinister specialties. If you're a fan of medical mysteries, you're going to love it. Follow Medical Murders free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.